Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones with A Quiet Talk for You. I'm so glad uh, to be able to share these thoughts from God's Word with you. And my only reason for doing it is that you might be encouraged in your walk with Jesus. You might be blessed. And if that happens, then I will be pleased. And the most important thing, though, is that Jesus is pleased. And if He is pleased, then it's all good. Thank God for that. Surely, you have seen Mary Poppins. It's a great movie with a great message. Toward the end, Mr. Banks, as you recall, gets sacked from his job. He laments the situation in a song called, A Man Has Dreams. A man has dreams of walking with giants to carve his niche in the edifice of time. I can relate to Mr. Banks. When I was first called into the ministry, I had dreams, big dreams. I had dreams of being a great preacher with great audiences. I had dreams of changing the world, leading a mighty revival. I read about men like Charles Finney, who sparked a great awakening, and I wanted to be like that. In the eyes of many, success in the ministry is gauged by the size of your congregation. We have a tendency to apply the measures of success used in the business world to the church. Of course, there are many examples of great numerical growth that one could point to. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 were added to the church. I don't know if Peter asked for a raise after that, but I doubt it. After all, the next chapter, he's quoted as saying, Silver and gold have I none. Jesus Christ had some pretty big crowds. In John chapter 2, we read about him turning the water into wine at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. This kind of miracle would tend to make you quite popular. This may explain why Jesus got invited to so many parties. But listen to what John tells us at the end of that chapter. Many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them, because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. Jesus didn't gauge his success in his work by the response of the crowds. As a matter of fact, he often told the beneficiaries of his miracles not to tell anybody about it. Do you know about the time when Jesus had a big drop-off in attendance? The day after the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus talked about the bread of life and the fact that believing on him was much more important than food. He then said, Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life. Well, this was not well received. John tells us that most of the crowd went away after they heard this. I can just hear the board members at their next monthly meeting. Jesus, aren't you concerned about all the people leaving the church? What do you plan to do about it? Maybe you should go visit some of those people who left and try to get them to come back. 
I'm not trying to be a smart aleck here. I'm just telling you the way people think in the church, at least a lot of people. The pressure to have a big crowd is great. Sadly, it can distort your perspective as a servant of Christ. Here's another story from the book of Acts. There was a deacon named Philip, who was apparently a pretty good preacher. Here's what it says about him in Acts 8. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. Now that's what I'm talking about. This is what we call in the business a red-hot revival. The crowds with one accord listened to him preach. He had the rapt attention of the masses. And not only were people listening, but things were happening. Demons were getting cast out left and right. People were getting healed of sicknesses and diseases. And everybody in the town was excited. This is the kind of thing I wanted to be in on when I was a young man just called to the ministry. Excitement, revival, deliverance, healing. This campaign had it all. But then the apostles came in from Jerusalem, you know, the big shots. They came to lay hands on the new converts so they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. The spotlight turned to Peter, naturally. So you would think we're all done with Philip, but you'd be wrong. The Lord spoke to Philip and said, Go down to Gaza. That's the desert, in case you don't know. He goes to Gaza and meets one Ethiopian sitting in his chariot, trying to understand the Bible. Just one guy. But the Holy Spirit takes Philip from that red-hot revival to talk to him. He leads this man to Christ. He is baptized, and he goes on his way full of the joy of the Holy Spirit. From big crowds to one man. You know, it would seem more efficient to win people in droves instead of spending a bunch of time with just one guy. But God doesn't judge like we do, and he knows what he's doing. It's been many years since those young days when I was first called to preach. I've been through a lot. And I think I can honestly say that I'm at least coming to the place where I don't worry about crowd size. I am trying to preach and minister for a smaller audience. Now, you may say that I'm not very ambitious for God. There are so many lost people out there. Yes, there are. But I am seeking to please a small audience now. As a matter of fact, an audience of one. That audience is my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, if I please Him, that's all that matters. The same is true for you. How big is your audience? Hopefully the audience you're playing to is also an audience of one.
The reason I've come to this place in my ministry is because the older I get, the more I think about my final exam, what we usually call Judgment Day. That examination will not be about how well I pleased people here on this earth. It will not be about crowd size. It will be about only one thing. Were you faithful? Were you true to the one who carried that cross up the mountain? Whether I'm preaching or praying or singing or giving the announcements or driving to the grocery store, the question is, am I pleasing to God? Am I doing whatever it is that I'm doing for Him and for His glory? Or am I doing it for selfish reasons for the praise of man? On that day, my whole life, every thought, every action, every word, and especially every motive will be laid open before Jesus. So until then, I'm playing for an audience of one. It's all that matters. Heavenly Father, I pray that this message is pleasing to you, God. And I believe that it, if it is pleasing to you, that it will touch hearts out there who are seeking to please God, who are hungry for God. Lord God, bless those who listen. Encourage their hearts in the Lord. I pray that they will seek to please you more than to please man, to do what they do for the glory of God, for the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in his precious name that we pray. Amen. My friend, if you happen to hang around Facebook, search for the Bread of Life Anglican Church. We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady, New York. That happens to be the American Legion Hall. We meet there at 10 a.m. on Sundays. People who are hungry for God are warmly welcomed. As always, you can reach me by email, and I hope you will. I ask you to reach out to me and let me know that you heard this message. My email address is father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.